Hi, you're listening to Talk West. I'm your host, Chris Bunn, and I'm joined by the Director of Marketing at Walk West, Mike Manganiello. On this episode, we're going to be talking about ways to stay sane, working from home during quarantine, as well as the overall business effects of coronavirus. The Vice President of Professional Development at WalkWest, Sharon Delaney McLeod. Uh, but first, Mike, how are you adjusting to home life in the first week of quarantine? Ah, uh, man, it's uh, it's funny because uh, I think the one of the last LinkedIn posts I, I wrote prior to starting at WalkWest when I was kind of freelancing on the side was basically how I wasn't meant to freelance or work from home <laughs> because I need to be around people. I need to socialize. Yeah. I need energy to kind of keep me going. So I actually found it ironic. I haven't fully adjusted, um, but I think this is just the way it is now. So I think we all have to adjust. So um, for me, it's been a little different because I got two young uh, kids at home, uh, six and three. So it's going to be adjusting not only between uh, my wife and I's work, but also eventually, I think, some of their schooling as well. But I'm a big believer is once we're getting in routine, once things are set, it'll be fine. It's just you yeah. just need to change the way you work or adjust the time. I think I was joking this morning about what the regular work day is now uh, on a nine to five job. And <laughs> there, one, there isn't a defined time. Um, I know for, for us at uh, Walk West, there's a handful of people in my boat that I mean, I get a lot of my work done between probably 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. or <laughs> yeah. 8 p.m. Yeah. and 10 p.m. But I think as we get through this, it's finding the best times for people to work and adjusting, I think, as we work together more as, as a team. Well, you know, it'd be it'd be one thing if it was just us working from home. But when it's compounded by the fact that, like, schools are closed, restaurants are closed, like, there's just nothing that you can get out and do. Everybody is at home. So really, it's about stealing that time in your day, anywhere you can to get stuff done, because inevitably, something's going to come up. You know, I, I've been trying to stick to a routine. I, I worked from home for like two years. You're a pro. Yeah. So it was one thing, like, it's funny because I did the same thing. Like, I left that company where I was working from home to go into WalkWest, where I'd be in an office and collaborating with people all day. I'd be able to have those conversations. And to me, that was vital. Like, I think that's a huge piece of working at any company is that that socialization that you get with those people every day. If you don't like your coworkers, it's going to be hard to like your job. And working from home kind of robs you of that. I mean, Slack and email or, or t Microsoft Teams, whatever your company uses, can go a long way. You know, video chat obviously has helped us as well, but there's only so much you can do, I think. I think in order to stay sane, you kind of have to develop a routine, get into a groove of how you, you accomplish things. And then otherwise, it's just like, you know, hope for the best. I know. I mean, I think the, the good part about it all, though, is we live in, in a time where over the last, I don't know, five to 10 years, um, a lot of big players have been developing software and tools for, for that to happen as we've seen uh, basically a lot of the working place migrate to remote offices in general. Right. So I think for me, it's been a little easier transitioning, you know, um, being able to use Slack to, you know, uh, work with all our team and our teammates and some of our clients as well, as well as for me, the ease of Google Hangouts. I really haven't used that as a tool before on a on a day-to-day -day basis of working, but I think downloading the app and literally just pressing uh, the link and there you go and everybody's on there has made it easier. The, the thing I always find funny nowadays where it's actually interesting as we record over Skype, 
how I felt I needed to turn my camera on because I was given uh, camera shame, I guess as it's called, <laughs> for not having my camera on on a handful of conference calls. So I don't know what the etiquette now is. I know we can't even interact with each other within six weeks, but what's the rule now for if you should have your camera on or off? Oof, good question. I'm I'm pro whatever you want to do. Like there are some people who may, yeah, that's kind of a cop out answer, but like there are people who are like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable, you know, showing myself right now. Like I'm just waking up or like, you know, I, I used to work with people on all kinds of time zones. And so sometimes we'd have people taking calls at like 6 a.m. their time. In which case I'm like, you know what? You don't need to put your camera on. You're probably like lying in bed, just like listening in, do what you got to do. You know, at our company where everybody is local, we don't necessarily have that, have that issue. And it's nice to just kind of see everybody's faces and catch up. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to forget whatever it looks like. <laughs> I know. I think somebody set up internally a, uh, a lunch club. Let's just eat a sandwich together and, and look at each other, which I think makes sense. And I think now the new uh, way to hang out is basically via these apps. I think we had our first date with our friends who live in New York two nights ago at like 9 p.m. And we just kind of hung out and chatted together over Skype or Google Hangouts for an hour which I think is just going to be the norm for who knows how long. Yeah. It's funny because we do the same thing with a couple of our friends that live up in Philadelphia and like, you know, they're our closest friends. They lived here and they moved away. And so like the only way we can really see them and talk to them is to do Skype dates like that. So I feel like that is going to be a pretty important thing that our, our culture needs to get in on, you know, in the next couple of weeks, depending on how this goes. It's funny because like, you look at stock market and it's obviously it's not performing well, but there are a lot of companies, especially software programs that are really taken off in usage. I mean, you mentioned Google Hangouts. We're talking on Skype right now. Uh, Microsoft Teams, Slack, a lot of these programs that allow you to, to work remotely have been absolutely key to the American public and how they've worked, uh, the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's funny too to watch. Like professional athletes get on to, to Twitch and streaming, like, you know, so they can connect to the fans. It's, it's just a whole different type of life. And I don't know how, to, I don't know how we adjust after this. I would add to that as well. A lot of those companies, I think my wife was telling me Adobe offered, is now offering their suite for free for, I don't know, 30 days or so or something like that, where I really do appreciate in the, the times we are, we have a lot of these software companies. I've created these tools for that use and are um, allowing us to use it for free for who knows how long for us to kind of get through all this together. And for them, it's probably twofold from a business standpoint. I mean, this is going to be, you know, tripling or quadrupling the number of users they get within this time frame, probably within they've ever had. Yeah. So it's able uh, them to kind of get people to use their products. And then as we get through it, see potential new clients for them. But as well as, you know, the, the do good for everybody. This is the best way to get through it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, am a true believer that, and, you know, I'm trying to stay out of the news, but this is going to change the way we do things. I think one of the first things you'll probably see is unfortunately the deaths of movie theaters, right? Like yeah. they're going to be closed down for, let's just say two months and they're offering all the movies on demand probably soon. I think starting soon. And I will say I'm excited for trolls too. Uh, in the middle of early April. Uh, but I mean, I think in my mind, this might be the last straw if they'll see people adapting to be able to just download it and probably see some better numbers that they've seen before. Uh, and then they'll, why would they want to reopen after that point? Well, yeah, there'll probably be a couple of uh, markets and industries that, you know, you'll see a complete change in because of the way our habits are. Yeah. I mean, you think about 
you know, Amazon, for example, they're already producing all of their own content. If they were to say just start acquiring the rights to say um, one of my favorite independent movie uh, studios, A24, they just start acquiring that movie studio and saying, "Hey, look, you're not able to sell tickets to your shows right now. Why don't you air everything on our platform? We'll put it up for say five dollars, six dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is to rent for the night. User gets like a 24-hour window to watch it, and after that, you know, they'd have to rent it again until it becomes able to purchase in two or three months, like you would ordinarily." I think you're going to see a lot more companies going that route, especially film studios, because it just puts that product into the user, into their hands so much quicker. Now, personally, I'm a sucker for movie theaters. Like, I love going to get my popcorn and Coke. I love that experience. I would still always go, but I think what you're going to see is fewer movie chains. Like, you're not going to see maybe Regal as much, but you'll see like those specialized places like Cinebistro or something that offer a completely different experience. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, and that's why you've seen, I guess, the influx of those more experience-based movie theaters to try to get people to go versus just the standard AMCs and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, I think the sports angle to all this, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, I think, you know, once it's back on, you'll see just tremendous numbers of people just needing to uh, see some kind of content. Man, I was watching something through Barstool Sports, and I think it was one of the guys had he was just like periscoping like one of those old school electronic, I think it was like electronic football games. Like you press it on and they're like all moving around. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah. It, was for, it was for like the Kentucky Derby, you know, four horses on and they try to make it around the track, but it's all like electronics and the pieces are falling everywhere. <laughs> but everybody looked at that as like, that's going to be the new sports. It's like people are just making up games yeah. in their house to be able to, you know, get through it. And I'm sure you'll probably see some like gambling. And I think ESPN <laughs> mentioned, I think that this weekend they're going to actually turn ESPN2 into ESPN Ocho and start playing just some of those like silly games across the board. Might as well. Did you see, you probably saw the video of that marble racing, like some guy had made a track in his backyard. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like I'm I in know. on it. You know what? I need more races. Totally. Like, go yellow marble. Like I, I ride or die for the yellow marble now. <laughs> Well, I, that's where I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think, you know, we probably haven't seen anything drastic in our times, but there's been little blips in the map over the last years about, you know, with technology changing and all the other stuff going on. But, you know, I think companies that are forward thinking and look at, looking at this as changing habits, like how do they adjust to, you know, what the future looks like now with all this is going to be where you'll see some people succeed and come out with new stuff. I don't know. I don't know what to predict. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that you'll definitely see some people taking advantage and not taking advantage for a, in a bad sense, but like, you know, looking, looking at new ways for people to relate or do business. Yeah. I mean, I actually think we're going to see an uptick in sports attendance after this. Like once they get going again, I think you'll start seeing people going out a little bit more because once you go two or three months inside, you're unable to go to these games. I think we as a as a culture kind of take advantage of the fact that like, man, there's sports going on all the time in all these locations. I could go at any point. And then when you take that away from people, I think it probably reinstills that notion of like, man, I would just like, I'm looking at today, you know, it's a beautiful 80 degree day outside, you know, mid-March. This would be an absolutely beautiful day to go to a ball game, go out to the Durham Bulls stadium. You know, it's Thursday. So they'd be having like their dollar concession stand night. Like there is no better way to enjoy tonight to me than going out, getting a hot dog and a, and a beer, watching baseball and taking advantage of this weather. And 
I maybe feel that a little bit more just because we have been quarantining and we haven't been able to go out and do that stuff. Well, now you can just get a, get your chair outside, bring your television, get an old YouTube game, and do the <laughs> same thing on your on your patio or your uh, porch or your driveway. Yeah, we right now have basically a whole setup in our driveway and with our kids. I mean, we're just kind of keeping them outside as much as possible because I'm a believer in fresh air is better than anything. But you just got to kind of keep them occupied and uh, do the best we can to to kind of get through this. It's yeah. going to be interesting, that's for sure. And I'm excited uh, for everybody here and listen to what Sharon has to say through this as well. Yeah, absolutely. She wrote a great piece on our website about uh, crisis communications in moments like this, like how to interact with your customers from a business. And uh, it's really insightful. So looking forward to having Sharon on in a few minutes. Uh, last thing before we wrap up, Mike, is there anything that you've had to inject into your routine to kind of keep this, to break up the monotony a little bit of staying inside all the time? Um, other than my daily five o'clock happy hour, which I am a true <laughs> proponent of, I need something to work towards and something to get happy. So I've been kind of keeping a little short some days, maybe four fifty-five or so. I don't know. You know, I think it's more using the time I have to really concentrate and crank on as much work as possible. I think it's the debate every day of shower or no shower, <laughs> uh, and you know, wearing loose-fitting clothing for receive. I, I think that the sales of jeans and regular clothes. I mean, they're going to be hitting. Uh, leisure yeah. gear is going to be way up. <laughs> you know, this maybe is a hot take, but I'm kind of a proponent of like putting on my jeans and like getting dressed like I would ordinarily oh, go to work. It like it helps me separate a little bit. You know, I don't feel like like yeah. when I was working from home full time, I admit I didn't do this the way I should, but there would be mornings where I'd get up and like, all right, I'm going to put on real clothes. I'm going to like do my hair. I'm going to like get ready as if I was going <laughs> into an office and I would just walk down the hall to my home office and then I would work and then, you know, I'd go back in and change into sweatpants and like it, it helps you separate a little bit. I think, I mean, having, having a designated workspace, that's not like your bedroom, or your living room, I think is, is key. It kind of puts you in a completely different mindset so that when you're in that room, you work. And then if you leave, you can kind of take a break and, and separate. Cause I mean, that's the hardest part. I know there are a lot of people that will use like their drive home as a way to kind of distance themselves from work, you know, relax a little bit, think about other things. And when you lose that in your day, you lose that, you know, 20 minute drive each way, that ability to separate your work from your home life becomes more difficult. And especially with, you know, a lot of companies now that are working from home, that incentive, that impetus from like the higher up uh, people at your company that might be telling you, hey, I know you're home. I know you can't go anywhere. Can you do this thing real quick at like eight or nine o'clock? And I'm I'm a big fan of making sure you separate that time out, making sure that you have some time for yourself because that's the only way you're going to make it through anything like this. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It also uh, enables you to really separate the work week versus the weekends now. You know, that's where I'm in my back of my head. I'm like, you know, where we are now is like, how different is today and tomorrow going to feel about Saturday and Sunday? You know, it's just yeah. kind of all somewhat blends. But I think you have, a, I mean, have you have the experience. You know, I'm, I'm an experience in this, so... I'm all up for any tips or tricks to get through it all. Man, I'll tell you, one thing that I've been doing, and it's helped me a lot, I get up first thing in the morning and I go for a run. You know, I run for about half an hour to an hour. It just, it, one, it's getting me outside, which is kind of rare in just a specific situation. But it's also just important, like stretch your legs, get out of the house. And then I come back and I'm like, I'm in a zone. I'm ready. I'm actually ready to sit down and do work. And that, to me, yeah. like that, that's been crucial. Yeah, I do the same thing. I think it's great. I mean... Um, and I love, I was just telling my wife this morning, I feel like I've gone like three or four days in a row where 
couple of days ago, there was like nobody out there. I wasn't sure if it was like a fear thing or what it is, but today I ran into a bunch of other like people that are walking or running. So it's, it's good to kind of see people out there in the morning now. Yeah, I think everybody's hitting that that wall where they're a little bit stir crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got to listen to our podcast. That's right. That's right. All right. Speaking of coming up next, we've got a conversation with Sharon Delaney McLeod, the Vice President of Professional Development at WalkWest. All right. We are now joined by Sharon Delaney McLeod, the Vice President of Professional Development at WalkWest. Uh, Sharon, thank you for joining us. Sure thing. So glad to be here. So obviously, there's a lot going on in the world uh, right now. Businesses nationwide, entrepreneurs, uh, even you know those that little guy trying to make a couple of bucks is being affected by the coronavirus and the quarantine that's in place. And Sharon, I wanted to get your perspective on this position, this totally new thing that's going on. What kind of advice would you give to businesses or anybody out there really in this difficult time? You know, this is, I, I think you hear it over and over again, like in certainly in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. And the, the closest I can come to is right after 9-11. And I was still a newscaster back then. So there was no slowdown. In fact, it was uh, the work became extremely chaotic and nonstop constant coverage and then a lot of fear. So it's two different kinds of fear back then. I think in, you know, right after post 9-11, it was fear for our safety. And then now this is, you know, fear for our health. So there are some parts of it that are similar. Now, regarding what that means for businesses, I, I do think that Hopefully, while we see, I, I mean, I'm no economist, but I am watching the headlines like everybody else and watching these volatile market swings and what's happening to uh, the Dow Jones and the S&P and our retirement accounts and everything else. You know, this crisis per se, we have to be really careful as business leaders not to be doom and gloom, but to rather be thinking about what can we do in this really uncertain time to understand that this is temporary. And to tell ourselves and our teams over and over again that this is temporary. Now, that is all well, you know, said and done. But then when you're having to call and lay off people or tell people don't come in, we have no work. That's a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. You wrote a blog this week uh, called A Crisis Communications Primer in These Uncertain Times. And uh, first of all, I suggest everyone to go out and read it. Uh, great information about how businesses and leaders can handle really what is an unprecedented event, at least I think uh, in the recent history. You said that this is an opportunity for leaders to really show their chops. What kind of qualities would you be looking for from a leader in this day and age to, to guide their company, guide their employees through this? I think we have to, at every opportunity, show optimism and resilience. And if if you start to go down a dark path and the what ifs and what ifs, you will start to have your team members think that way. And we don't want to be working and operating out of state of panic, but rather resilience building. And I think out of chaos comes creativity. You've probably seen that quote or a meme or something on 
Instagram or LinkedIn, but it is true. Out of chaos can come amazing creativity. And so this is when we have to start thinking about, all right, what can we do? What are the things that we can do given our current circumstances? We do have to remember how lucky we are, particularly in the United States. We have power. We have food. We have shelter for the most part. And yes, while so much of this is inconvenient, yes, there will be consequences to our businesses. I mean, we have a client who has had to pause some of their work with us right now because they are, unfortunately, they're in the events business. And all of their events that they're supposed to be supporting in the next three to six months are done. They're not happening. They've been canceled or postponed. So how else can we help someone like that? What are some creative ways we can think about messaging for them and and reaching out to them to say, look, you know, we know that right now you're in a tough spot and, and we want to be able to help you. And so thinking really creatively that way, that's the challenge for a leader to maintain optimism find ways to build resilience on your team, and then also reaching out to your clients and your stakeholders, your vendors, to figure out a way to still bring value to them. Yeah, in a recent conversation with uh, WalkWest CEO Donald Thompson, he mentioned that many companies are probably going to be shifting their, their marketing focus away from, say, creative marketing more to sales enablement. Because at this stage, it's really, what can we do to help our customers? What can we do to, to keep that pipeline open a little bit? When, you know, the truth is every industry, literally every industry is going to be affected by shutdowns like these. Um, obviously, most notable, it's sports, concerts, shows, and the event staff that are affiliated with all of those places. I have a cousin that works for the Miami Heat, and he's basically just at home. They can't do anything. All of their events have been shut down, obviously. And so there are a lot of people that are affected by that. Uber, Lyft uh, have canceled mm-hmm. rides. And so you've got all of these industries, primarily service industries, that have been effectively shut down. What kind of advice can we give to people that are trying to just make it through the next month or two to get through this? A lot of times it's a frame of mind. There's the practical things that, you know, even as a family, that we're doing and maybe businesses, but people as well. Spring break is around the corner for many families. And that trip that you may have planned is probably not happening now. So rather than being so horribly sad about it, maybe think about it. You know what? The money that we would have spent on that vacation, we now can keep in the bank Mm. because we don't know if mom or dad loses their job. You need to have that vacation money ready to pay a mortgage with or buy, you know, groceries with. And so there's, you know, looking at whatever that bad situation is and trying to reframe it. And it's hard to do. I mean, we, we all would love to have a pity party sometimes, but you have to be able to figure out ways to build some resilience muscles there. And here's the thing, you know, I have a, and I actually, I can send it to you, Chris, that we could put this in the notes section of this Mm-hmm. podcast, I have a, a 10 skills that you can start using right away to help build some resilience. And and the first thing is being brave. And, you know, we often tell our kids and friends, you know, to face tough stuff with courage and, and you keep doing that until it becomes second nature. And yeah. we all can, be, we all can be braver. And, you know, those of us with kids, oftentimes you don't want to have them feel a sense of panic or chaos. And so you do need to model some bravery and courage in front of your kids. And then the next thing is one step at a time. 
you know, we can't think about, oh my gosh, in six months time, if things don't do this, we're just going to have to declare bankruptcy. No, let's just look at one step at a time. The next thing is accepting help. And that doesn't necessarily always mean financial help, but it could be just some help from a friend, you know, to, you know, listen, I've got, my mom is 84 and lives in South Florida. And I would love to be able to ask one of her neighbors to go to the grocery store for her. You know, it's just some small things like looking and and offering help. You know, I also think, you know, being flexible right now in this kind of environment, we, if we don't have the ability to be flexible when you have such extreme swings within our economy and in our day-to-day life, we are going to have a really difficult time coming out of this in, in a positive fashion. And so whatever that might be to be flexible in your business and in your family life as a person. Um, you know, and again, you know, I talked about framing the way you look at things and looking for the good and trying to take that bad situation and say, okay, let's unpack this and see what good thing can we think of that would come out of this. You know, and then th- there's all the other things you see. There's a lot of people nowadays realize, and you see it all over social media, you know, the mental health things and go outside and take a walk. I mean, that's a nice thing. It's spring. It's not the dead of winter. We can go outside, keeping our physical distance and social distancing from people and and clearing your mind. Sometimes just a change of environment can do that. And while we are isolated and away from our friends and our colleagues at work or our friends at school, you can still find ways to connect. And whether it's with nature or, you know, through virtual conversations and virtual get togethers. Yeah, that, Sharon, those are all great points. And Chris and I part of this talk through a handful of times. And I truly believe it's a mindset. And, you know, my thing has been for the last couple of days, you know, when it first happened, it was kind of getting over that grief and what's next and reading into the news. And I don't know what I don't I don't remember what this push was in my mind, but it hit a point where I had to be the strong, positive one of, you know, getting my friends together, having more text chains with people. You know, I joke, but I continue to say another day in paradise, you know, happy hour starts at five, but I'm just trying to keep it positive and go day to day and, you know, make sure that, you know, one as a father of two, two young kids and, you know, still trying to work that, you know, we stay positive and, you know, move forward and do the best we can and um, help support people locally. Like we started, um, you know, doing a lot more takeout. We've never done that in the past, but, you know, when it comes to local restaurants and businesses, you want them to want to support them, but, you know, trying to be there for people and your coworkers and their loved ones as well. So I was nodding all along that. Say, don't you love how Lizzie, one of our coworkers has, uh, we're convening on Friday for a 12 noon virtual lunch together. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's just the new reality, you know, and we don't know how long it's going to last, but. People got to adapt to it, you know, and we had a prior conversation earlier about, you know, now they're all working from home. And I was telling Chris prior that one of my last posts I had on LinkedIn was about um, how everybody loves working from home, working remote or being a freelancer. And I did that for a couple of months prior to coming to Walk West. And I wrote the post like, I hate working from home. (laughs) I need to be fueled by people, creativity. And being in an office, and now I find it ironic that, you know, back home again, and I'm back in the place of like, you know, trying to kind of figure out how that works. What do you think about now that, you know, everybody out of the workforce is, you know, uh, having to work from home and how that's going to look and uh, people finding people adjusting to it? You know, it's so funny. When when this all came to a reality this past Monday, 
my husband does when he's not traveling, he's working from home and I've always been envious. Oh my gosh, I don't have to, you know, commute. I, I don't have to get all dolled up or I don't have to put on a bunch of business clothes. And, you know, I'd love to have a few days a week where I can work from home. And so then when it becomes a reality and realizing that, wow, this can be, I really miss my friends. I miss the energy <laughs> of a vibrant office. But, you know, here's a, I, I was on a call earlier today, and one of the people on the call described how some of her team members are not married and they don't have a significant other at home and they are truly by themselves. And, you know, day four of at home work, and she's already seeing a real change for the worse. And so she has made it her charge that she is going to pick up the call and pick up the phone and call all of these people. Like it's a handful of people each day to just say, Hey, I was thinking about you. How's your day going? Just some very small, simple things like that. Even, and then someone else remarked, you know, why not just like a little group chat, even if it's on text or on Slack or whatever, like, Hey guys, you know, I miss seeing your your faces at lunch and I'm thinking about you and just want to let you know, you know, this is all temporary. We're all going to be together again soon, but just wanted to check in with you. And, you know, like you said, Mike, we could do um, a four or five o'clock uh, happy hour, a virtual happy hour where we can all join in with our glass of whatever it is and reach, especially in a creative agency where so many of us do thrive on the energy off of each other. I also think it's important we think about some of those quieter members of our staff who are sometimes introverted. I think being introverted doesn't mean they always like to be by themselves. So I think it's important that we reach out to some of those members of our team who are not always the ones jumping in and leading conversations that say, hey, you know, I was thinking about you today and I, I saw this funny meme and I thought I'd share it with you or whatever it might be. Um, we really have to be deliberate about supporting all of our members of staff. Yeah, I think that's crucial. You know, especially like collaboration is such a big part of what we do at Walk West. And there are many days in our office where you'll just find a group of people sitting together, working on different things, but they just enjoy each other's company. And I think sometimes those moments can be maybe underappreciated. You know, we, we see that and we're thinking like, all right, people are just kind of hanging out, like doing their work. But that socialization, that camaraderie, it can be key to building like a good chemistry within an office. And then there are people where, you know, if you take that away from them, maybe don't function quite as well. Maybe they struggle day to day and it's, it's a struggle for them to get by. And so in these trying times when they when they may be alone, it's important, I think, to reach out and see what we can do. I love the idea of like a happy hour call or something, just get everybody on camera, you know, have their choice drink in hand and just talk about something that's either not work related or just something fun to to get that socialization back into your day to day routine. I uh, I have suggested and uh, for my neighborhood, you know, the kids are all climbing the walls. Oh, and, I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know Mike, you know that too. Oh man. <laughs> it's uh, my uh, I was really fortunate. My both my kids schools started planning for remote learning 2 weeks ago. Wow. So this past Monday, it went into full-fledged class begins at 8 a.m. every day. They have to check in. They've got their assignments. And the PE teacher emailed us their assignment yesterday. So after I get off this podcast with you guys, I'm doing a neighborhood PE class. <laughs> out <laughs> in the yard. Awesome. And we're inviting all the kids on our street to come. And we're going to do uh, a PE class six feet apart from one another. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, so we're going to we're going to try to make the best of it. 
It wow. is funny you say that, though. So, yeah, our, our, our son's in kindergarten, and, you know, we haven't gotten the full uh, lesson plan and stuff yet. He's officially on spring break still. But I think next week we're going to have uh, Teacher Mike, Teacher Karen kind of take, take over. And the, one of the things we were talking about is following the lesson plan, but then also using, you know, hours at a time to develop different skill sets, right? So I think we're going to do an hour of cooking an hour of art. And then the PE thing is like, I'm going to be the, the PE teacher for an hour. So, <laughs> kind of, yeah, and I kind of like, that's where, you know, I go back to, yes, this is all uh, doom and gloom, but finding the good. And I think the good that, you know, we're going to have our family near us are being able to be involved for the short or long-term future uh, in teaching. I mean, I'm never mm-hmm. going to be a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. I give them all the uh, credit in the world. They deserve more than they get. But probably for the short term, me and wife are going to have to become teachers. It's yeah, all the homeschooling crowd. Are, they're all laughing at the rest of us. <laughs> like, welcome to our world. And I'm like, I oh, know. my gosh, you choose this on purpose. Goodness gracious. God bless. <laughs> oh, and here I've got another activity that we could all do. That is so much fun. Geocaching. Have hmm. you ever gone from geocaching? No. no. Yeah. So much fun. My uh, So there's an app you can download on your phone. There's a free version of it. And we got onto the Noose River Trail this past Saturday, and we were out there for three hours. We had so much fun. My little guy, who's 12, he and I rode that whole Noose R- River Trail for about two miles, and we found more than a dozen geocaches. Oh, that's wow. great. What, what app is that? It's Geocache. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you just download it, and it's free. And so much fun and that way you're outside you're getting some exercise staying appropriately distant from other people now once you're with your own kids i don't know how all that works but (laughs) yeah yeah it's that's another really fun activity that we have found that if you download that app you'll see there are geocaches hidden all over your community that's cool so for those that don't know a geocache it's it's like a kind of like a treasure hunt right exactly it's like a little treasure hunt. So for people who have never heard of this, these people who do this are amazing. We happen to have uh, a couple of people who have hidden these little boxes all over the Noose River Trail near my home. Hmm. And I think there's probably 25 within a two mile radius. And so you use the app and there's little clues like so it could be a tiny little like the old film canisters, like the small ones that with the old 35 millimeter little film canisters. Yeah. And inside there, there will be a log. And when you find there'll be a piece of paper that you sign your name and the date that you found it. And then you'll put the log back into the canister and then hide it back where it came from. Sometimes it's hidden inside the branch of a tree or, you know, where a tree might fork or sometimes it's hidden behind a rock. And the geocache app gives you the coordinates, but then usually once you get into about a 10 foot distance, you then just have to use your eyes to find the, hmm. this little treasure. Now, some of them are larger boxes, like an ammo box, um, which is about the size of a shoe box. And some of the geocaches have little trinkets that you can collect. Like there might be a pin or a poker chip or some sort of little souvenir that you can collect. Um, but each one of them, you bring a pen with you and you sign in. And then on the app, you click that you found it 
and you'll get a little smiley face. And so you can go, we're thinking about driving to a park soon, maybe later this afternoon after PE class. And yeah. we might do go geocaching at one of the local parks. Nice. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that we can we can try to do to stay sane during these times. But Mike and I were talking earlier that we think this may end up being like an inflection point for our economy. You know, working from home, customers, people that have worked from home has risen about 91% since uh, 2010. And obviously that is that number has skyrocketed in the last couple of weeks just because of this. Do you think we're going to hit a point where we're going to see far more people working from home because of how enabled we are in this day, you know, through Slack or, or Google Hangouts or what have you, there's a way to connect almost at all times. And now what we're seeing is most companies working from home full time. Yeah, I was on the phone, as I mentioned before earlier this morning, there was a president of a clinical research organization that they have 2000 employees worldwide. And they have a large office in the Raleigh-Durham area, but then they connect to all their employees through all of this technology the rest of the time. I think he said about 70% of their workforce is virtual. And so he said, you know what? We are all figuring out how to do this. He said, I would be very worried if I were in commercial real estate in the long haul because people might realize, hey, do we really need to have all of these big offices and furniture and all of the overhead and expenses that go with it. And it makes you think, yeah. you know, we can, can figure out how to do a lot of this without necessarily the uh, traditional office. Yeah. One of my, uh, my friend's companies, I, I'm not sure if I can actually say their name on the podcast, but they basically made that choice a couple of years ago. They decided, you know what, instead of getting, you know, five floors of the building that they're in, they decided let's get three and we'll have a work from home policy basically like if you want to work from home you're absolutely free to do so and we won't set dedicated desks for everybody what we'll do is we'll have communal areas where there are desks and and, and like couches and things that are set up that if you want to go into the office and work you have that luxury but otherwise you're free to work from home and so you think about that like they're scaling back on their office infrastructure to accommodate their employees in the best way that they can and it's a big selling point for a lot of the people that go and work there because they want to make sure that like, okay, this company is looking out for me. They're flexible enough to say, like, you know, I'm an adult and that they'll trust me to take care of my business even if I work from home. And, you know, it's, it's really worked out for both employees and the employer. For sure. One of our clients, uh, Lenovo, and I, I don't think they would, I mean, this is pretty well known. At Lenovo, they have uh, thousands of employees in the Raleigh-Durham area out in RTP. And they have actually transitioned to what they called hoteling like a hotel with ING, hoteling, meaning there are no more offices. You go there and it's like flex workspace. You just show up with your stuff and you can work from this desk and then you might come back next week and work from a different desk. It's a little weird. The younger people seem to be very apt to doing this. The older people, like anybody over 40 who's ever had an office or a desk or a cubicle of their own where they can hang up pictures of their kids and have their knickknacks everywhere, yeah. they're not into it. <laughs> I was about to say, everybody wants their space a little bit. I get that. All right, uh, Mike, do you have any last questions? I, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Sharon has shared some savvy advice for everybody. I full on of, you know, get in a good mental space, uh, do the best we can to help everybody out. So I'm, I'm hoping that I, I'm a big believer on, you know, we're all the be together, better together versus individually. So yeah, keep strong. 
Good stuff, guys. All right, Sharon, thank you so much for joining us. This was uh, this was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks for listening to Talk West. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review us. To find out more about one of the fastest growing agencies in North Carolina, go to walkwest.com.